On today's episode, I discuss the Warriors' hot streak. We celebrate the anniversary of Kobe destroying Jalen Rose's life. And we talk about some teams looking to make some potential moves. All that and more on Check the Scoreboard. What up, what up, y'all? Welcome into episode 17 of Check the Scoreboard. That's right, this is episode 17. If you missed it, episode 16 came out on Saturday, early Saturday morning. It was meant for Friday, uh, but I was having some technical difficulties. Also, last week was the first week that I introduced my two-episode-a-week um, ordeal, in, in case you missed it. I'm now putting out two episodes a week, so today, uh, Wednesday, is the first um, episode of this week, and episode two you can look forward to on Friday. But man, we just celebrated MLK Day. Um, I had some family up. I had my mom uh, and my grandma come up and we um, visited some, we visited a museum here in in Montgomery. Uh, and it was, it was really cool. Um, it was a very chilling museum. Um, it was, of course, the Legacy Museum, one of the museums that famously opened last year that drew tons of attraction, including people like John Legend, uh, to come down and tour. And it was just uh, a chilling experience to sort of just go in and, and you see um, and you you learn about the history of uh, of racism and, and slavery uh, here that happened here in the United States. And you just learn about some of the craziest um, laws and, and some of the craziest things that they don't teach you in school. And so uh, that was a very, um, I won't say cool thing, but like it was a very interesting thing to get to do with, with my mom and grandma. It was, I mean, it was just a great learning experience, but on a brighter note, uh, we did have some basketball on MLK day, but before we get into that, uh, we're going to start with some house cleaning and we'll get, we'll move into MLK day in the Monday games. Um, we'll, we'll talk about games all the way up until Tuesday, but as you know, let's get into some house cleaning. Let's start with the Eastern conference when we're looking at the standings here. At the top, we've got Toronto, we've got Milwaukee, and we've got the Pacers. So we're standing pat here, the same three teams who were at the top last week. I'm once again at the top this week. I'm a little winded right now. Um, I went to the gym today and freaking used – I've been using the row machine, the power row machine in the gym lately uh, because my gym just got, like, those power row machines, and I just started using them. It's supposed to use, like, 85% of, your like, your body's muscles – and it killed me today. <clears throat> it, it killed me today. I'm very like, I'm still like sore and I'm feeling it. But Raptors, Bucks, Pacers, uh, still the top three teams from last week. Um, and the week before that, you've got the Raptors at 36 and 13. They've got three wins in a row. The Bucks are sitting at 34 and 12 with five wins in a row. Um, and they that includes wins over the Magic and the Mavs in their last two games. Um, and then you've got the Pacers at 31 and 15. And they've won two in a row since they lost last Thursday to the 76ers. Um, and we're going to talk about the 76ers a little bit. We're going to highlight a couple of teams here in the Eastern Conference, one being the 76ers still because they are in the middle of this um, this 12-game stretch where they're facing teams who are all over 500. Now the Kings are at 500, um, but they're facing teams now like who are at least 500 or better and in their respective conferences playoff picture. Um and they lost to the Thunder on Saturday, and they beat the Rockets on Monday. So now they're two and one um, in those games. If you if you count last Thursday's game against the Pacers, um, 
Saturday's loss against the Thunder was uh, it was an intense loss. It was a back and forth game. Um, the, you know, the Thunder just edged thanks to Paul George three with with you know the time running down in the last seconds of the game. A Paul George three gives the the Thunder a two point lead, um, and that's really the difference in the game. It looked like it looked like the 76ers were going to win. Um, I forgot who it was, but uh, someone from the Thunder gets trapped and they try to throw a ball back across, you know, the court. Jimmy Butler comes in and steals the ball and he lays it in for two. And it looks like the, the 76ers are going to win until Paul George like buries them in, in Philly. And he hits that, he hits that huge three. And, and it seems like Paul George has really been carrying the Thunder all season long because he has, because of, uh, you know, Russ's struggles. Um, but he's playing phenomenal right now. And we'll get to him a little bit later, but I mean, in that Thunder loss, Embiid had 31 and eight. Um, he had that little scuffle with Russ. He had that little. I don't really see it as a dirty play. I know Russ didn't. He didn't appreciate it. Um, it was basically this play where Russ had this steal and he was breaking away towards the basket, and pretty much Embiid missed times his jump. He just missed times when he thinks Russell was going to go up, and he just hard fouls Russ to make sure he can't get the shot up. And Russ didn't appreciate it. Um, I mean, like, it, it was a clean foul, in, in my opinion. I don't think there was anything there. I don't think there was much there. Obviously, like, Joel, was, he wasn't trying to hurt Russ. He was just trying to prevent him. He just missed time to jump and just somehow ended up coming down on Russell's back. Um, but they had that they had that little moment um, in that. I mean, but, like, Russ and Embiid aren't two, aren't two of the guys who are who are looking to be buddy-buddy with other guys from other teams, though. And that's something that I really respect, honestly, because uh, I'm not against everybody being, like, friends and buddy-buddy and exchanging jerseys after games. But at the same time, I like to see that competition. I like to see guys like Embiid and Russ, like, who don't like each other. Like, the league needs those kinds of, like, individual rivalries. Um, it doesn't – they don't need it necessarily to, to, like, push a narrative, but it just kind of – it's kind of cool to see – because these guys are going to play again in a couple of weeks. Um, and like Joel and Russ, they have a history like last year that they, that goes back to last season, like last season, um, MB dunks on Russ, like in a game in Oklahoma city, it stares him down, which was pretty good, but the Thunder still win that game and Joel fouls out and Russ like waves him off the court. So coming into this game Saturday, they already had a little bit of a history and MB coming down on Russ's back. I mean, it didn't make it any better. But I think it's cool to have this kind of like individual robbery for the game. Um, but yeah, I mean, Paul George finished with 31 in that game. Um, I mean, so he's just, I mean, Russ finished with, you know, he finished with 20, 21, 10, and, and six, but he shot eight of 21 from the field. So, I mean, Russ is still struggling. Um, he's not shooting the ball effectively. He's still, he's, I mean, it is what it is, but, I mean, the Thunder is still winning because Paul George is playing so well, and he's keeping them in the race. Um, they also got 21 from Schroeder off the bench, which is really huge. Dennis Schroeder, his play cannot be – you can't understate Dennis Schroeder's play, um, that backup guard position. I mean, last year the Thunder had Raymond Felton, um, who is not as good as Dennis Schroeder is. Um, he doesn't bring you the potential scoring that Schroeder does. And so having Dennis Schroeder as that backup point guard – this year for the Thunder, it's been a real, it's been a really big help. Um, but going from the 76ers, who are now 31 and 17, um, they're sending fourth in the Eastern Conference to the Nets. And we've been harping on the Nets, and I've been talking about the Nets the last couple of weeks, and they deserve it. They deserve every bit of 
coverage that they're getting. They're up to, I mean, they're still sixth in the Eastern Conference, but they're 25 and 23. They won four games in a row. And D'Angelo Russell is playing like an all-star for them. Uh, D'Angelo Russell, the young point guard. Um, we, You know about his troubles in L.A., you know, his snitching thing on Nick Young with the video and then getting traded away and just like his second his second year in the league. But he's turned into a really solid ball player uh, for the Nets. And, I mean, like the last couple of games, he's literally won them those games. Like he had 40 against the Magic and, and brought them back from 20 points down. And then on Monday – um, he goes off for 31 and eight in their 30 point win over the, the Kings, which was a really big win for the Nets. Uh, because I mean, they're trying to prove, they're trying to prove themselves and you know, the Kings, they should beat a team like the Kings who are on the road and who are a young team and, you know, young teams struggle to win on the road, but you don't expect the, you don't expect the Nets to beat the Kings by 30 points, especially with the way that the Kings have been playing this year. But they did, and D'Angelo Russell, he goes off for 31-8. and eight. Um, And he, I mean, like, he's just been shooting – the. he's literally been shooting, like, the nets off the goals. Um, you watch his highlights, and he's shooting the ball, and literally his shots are only touching the net. Like, that's it. Like, they're not even hitting rim. They're only touching the net, and those are the best kind of shots. Shots that are the best kind are the shots that just go straight through. They just swish with a little whip at the end, and then the shots that go and hit the back of the rim and the net, the net barely moves. Like Those are the two best shots. You can't debate me on that. Um, but the Nets are playing really well. They're hanging tough. And, I mean, D'Angelo's leading the team in scoring, and then behind him, uh, Spencer Dinwiddie, who, who's looking like a six-man of the year. He's, he's averaging 17 a game, but then Joe Harris is their third-leading scorer at 13.5 a, a game, but he's one of the league's best in three-point shooting. Right, he's averaging forty-seven and a half percent from beyond the arc, and so they're getting it done. And they have Jared Allen, who's looking like he's going to be first-team All Defense. So they've got a rim protector, they've got guys who can score, and they're a solid young core. And I've been rooting for the Suns to trade for D'Angelo Russell because of his relationship with Devin Booker and the type of player that he is. And I really do think that they would make a good backcourt. But if he's going to play like this for the Nets, and he's going to make the Nets a contender. They may look to sign him and, and and have him a part of their future long term, which is not a bad not a bad thing for him either. Uh, he's a great player. It just it's just that everybody knows like in in LA, like it was either him or Nick Young, like somebody had to go. And it looks like Russell was in the wrong with the, the whole videotaping and things like that. And it was just a very bad thing for the locker room. So um, they found a way to move him and but he's been playing really well since. So kudos to him. Uh, taking a look at the rest of the Eastern Conference, you've got the Celtics at five. Um, you've got – we talked about the Nets at six. You've got the Heat at seven. And then you've got the Hornets at eight. And that fills out the top eight. And then behind them, you've got the Pistons, Wizards, who are hanging around tough. Both are uh, two and – they're both two games back of the Hornets uh, for the eight seed. And then you've got the Magic, who are two and a half back. Um, the Hawks are slowly trying to creep in there, but I don't think the Hawks will make any noise. I think they're seriously looking to tank, even though they've been playing a lot better um, as of late. They're at 14 and 32. So that's what the Eastern Conference is looking like. And then when you take a look over at the Western Conference, um, once again, same three teams at the top of the Western Conference that we had last week. And we talked about it. The Warriors have overtaken the Nuggets uh, for the for the one seed. And you've got Warriors, Nuggets, Thunder. That's the top three teams. And they've been the top three for about a month and a half now. It's just been interchangeable between – who was one, two, and three. Uh, but now the Warriors, they won eight in a row, including their big MLK Day win over the Lakers. Um, 
even though the Lakers didn't have LeBron, they didn't have Lonzo, and they didn't have Rondo. But they're looking like they're picking up ahead of steam uh, right here with DeMarcus Cousins. I mean, since Cousins has been back, um, they've just blown out the Clippers and the Lakers. He's made, And he's, he's made a big difference. Watching him play on Monday night, he's the sort of rebounder that they needed. Um, they didn't have a, a physical presence down low. And they, I know they had Kevon Looney, and earlier in the year they had, you know, Damon Jones, Damian Jones, before he got hurt. Uh, Jones is lost to the season with with a season-ending injury, and so they just had Kevon Looney, and then they were just running Draymond at the five. Well, they've got Boogie now, and they have a solid, they have a solid big man. They have a a guy who not only they can feed the ball to in the post, but he can bang on the boards. I mean, against the Lakers. On Monday, he had eight boards. He had eight rebounds um, in limited action. So, like, he had eight rebounds in less than 20 minutes of play. And when he when he's back into full shape and he's, you know, he's playing a full, like, 30 minutes or whatever, I mean, that number's going to go up even higher. And provided that he can stay on the court and stay out of foul trouble, um, it's looking like he could be grabbing upwards – to around like maybe 15 boards a game. Um, he could really insert himself uh, and be a dominant force, and the, and the Warriors are just going to take off from that. I mean, Clay had a big game. Uh, he had 44 in just two and a half quarters. Like he didn't even play a full three quarters before he had 44 points. He started the game off uh, with the NBA record 10 straight threes. Um, can be like made before he, he finally missed. He, I mean, he's averaging 21 and, and he's averaging 26. Um, 27 a game over, you know, the, the Warriors' eight wins. And the Warriors themselves are averaging 130 points over their streak. And they've won seven games in a row on the road. So it's not like they're just doing it at home. They've only played one game at home over this this current eight-game winning streak, and that was against the Pelicans. And that was a game where they came back from 17 down. Um, and that was without DeMarcus Cousins because that was last Thursday. And they're, they're looking really scary right now. They're looking really dangerous. And this is the kind of Warriors team that – um, we'd all, everyone in the media had been warning people about before, you know, they got boogie back. We were saying like, when they get boogie back, they're going to take off. Um, I know it's only been two games, but I mean, they've, they've showed flashes of what they could be, uh, with, with boogie back. Um, and then you jump to the nuggets and the nuggets are 31 and 14 and they're standing pat and they're playing really good ball, um, behind Jokic who's leading them, who should be an all-star. I mean, Jamal Murray, of course. And you you know the rosters that the, the roster that the Nuggets have they've just got a bunch of guys who just go out there and get it and they grind they don't have very many big names uh, Jokic is the biggest name on that team and that's it um, they just go out and they just play hard and they win and then you've got the Thunder who have won three in a row they had the big win over um, the 76ers on Saturday then they had the the win in New York on Monday against the Knicks um, so and Paul George is is playing really really good ball. He's up to 26. He's up to 27 a game on the season. Um, he's averaging 20. He's averaging 30 over his last five games. Um, there's not much to say. He's an all-star. And you can make the case that Paul George could be, you know, could be in the MVP race. Like his name deserves to be in the race. Whether he wins or not is not important. It's just the, the fact that we should show him the respect that he deserves uh, because Russ has been struggling. And Paul George has been there to pick them up. Like his play this year has been so much better. He's, I mean, like he's since the beginning of the season, since game one, since 
the the opening game of the season against the Warriors, Paul George has been there. Um, and he's really been that – he's been a good, a good solid presence that the Thunder have needed. Um, and that's that. It's just – I mean, like, that's cool. It's a good thing um, because that's what they need. They need someone when Russ is struggling, when he's shooting the sevens of, of 30s and the eights of 21s from the field. They need someone who can go out and get 30 – um, who's being efficient with it. And that's what Paul George is doing. Um, and so he's got the Thunder playing well. Um, and we'll take a look at the, the rest of the Western Conference, but a, a, highlighting a couple of teams or highlighting one team in particular uh, right now, the Grizzlies. I mean, the Grizzlies have been on a huge slide um, since they were at one point in time at the top of the Western Conference. They've lost six in a row. They've lost 11 out of the last 12. And they are the worst scoring team in the league. Uh, according to NBA.com, the Grizzlies only average 100 points a game. And that is the very bottom of that's number. That's 30 out of 30. That's the worst in the league. And over their, you know, their last 12 games in which they have not been playing very great basketball, they've given up. Um, they've allowed 118 points a game, which is not good. Uh, if you're only averaging 100 a game, and you're giving up 118 a game, um, that's a recipe for L's. Um, your wonton soup, they can feed you to the wolves. You're done. Um, you're donezo. And they're somehow still, um, they're only six games back of the Clippers. And I say only six games back, and we're, we're halfway through the season. Um, but, you know, they're probably done. They're, I would say the Grizzlies are probably done now. Um, they've made it. They're one and nine in their last 10. Like I said, 11 out, you know, they've lost 11 out of the last 12 and they've made it known that they are willing to trade both Mike Conley and Mark Gasol. Um, and once you say that you are pretty much saying that we concede, um, the only team worse than the Grizzlies are the Suns. And so, I mean, they're pretty much, they're, they're throwing the towel in, um, which is cool, which is fine because they've got young players in Dylan Brooks and Jaron Jackson Jr. who will be superstars for this for these guys. Jaron Jackson Jr. is only 19. Uh, he's not even 20 years old yet. So um, he's going to be a great player for them. I like the way he plays. I watched him play against the uh, the Pelicans on MLK Day on Monday on TNT, and Jaron Jackson looked great. Um, he He's like Aiden a little bit. Once those guys – learn to become a little more physical, uh, they'll be, they'll be solid players. They'll be okay. Um, I mean, like they're only rookies in this league, but their upside is really, is really promising. And then Dylan Brooks is one of the best young shooters in the game, in the game. And he's only in his second year. So, or his third year. So um, the, the future for them is bright. They have the potential to have that, that Mike Conley, Mark Gasol, you know, one, two punch. Because Mike Conley's in his 11th year and Gasol's in his 10th year. And so those guys have been playing together since Conley's second year in the league. Um, and they've had a chance to grow, and they've, they've experienced a lot of success uh, with those two guys in Memphis. And now I think it's time to honor them and say, like, hey, guys, like, you know, uh, it's been a couple years since we've been in the playoffs, and we're going to allow you guys the opportunity, if there's a team out there who wants you, um, we're going to allow you guys the opportunity to go and make a difference on someone's team and potentially win a ship, a ring. Um, where Gasol goes, no one knows. Maybe he's a great fit in Los Angeles. Maybe. I don't know. Um, it just depends. 
I mean, the Lakers really need a big man who, who, you know, they said they're willing to trade Avisa Zubox, um, who's been playing really good ball for the Lakers lately. Um, and he's one of their young guys, but they have Javel McGee and Tyson Chandler as well. And those guys, they just don't get it done. Um, in terms of they're just not they're not the offensive player that Margasol is, right? Margasol on the season, he's averaging fifteen and eight, um, fifteen and nine basically. He's he's only thirty three. Well, only thirty three. I say that, um, but I mean, he's a better player at thirty three now than Tyson Chandler is at thirty seven, and he's better than Javel McGee is right now at and Javel just turned like thirty two. So. Um, Marcus Hall is not a bad addition for the Lakers if that's the route that they want to go. And Mike Conley, where he fits, just a team who needs a, a, a guard. Um, looking at, I mean, the Western Conference, if he is to be traded to a Western Conference team, I don't know, maybe the Clippers, uh, he can make a difference for them. Um, but other other than that, I'm not really I'm not really sure. Um, but when you look at the Eastern Conference, if if Memphis wants to trade out out of conference, um, I don't know, maybe uh, I mean Bledsoe's playing well enough for the Bucks. I mean the Pacers have Collison and Oladipo, but I think Conley playing alongside Oladipo would be cool. Um, I mean, I don't see Brooklyn really parting ways with D'Angelo Russell. Um, I think he's a solid, he's a solid point guard for them. He knows how to get others involved. He, he's young. He can score. So I don't really think they would give up their future for that. Um, Charlotte's got Kemba Walker and, but that's a different story in itself. Maybe Kemba is the piece that needs to move for Charlotte to get him in a better place. Like maybe that's where they're going. The heat look like they're confident in what justice Winslow can bring for them, um, at the point, at the point guard position. Um, and so maybe they don't even look to make a move. So, um, it's very early. I'm I'm not one to really dig deep into these kinds of things. Like, oh, uh, this guy would be a great fit on this team, and this guy would be a great fit on that team. I just I'm really bad when it comes to those kinds of things. Um, I don't really. I just I like don't see those things well. Um, but I mean, that's what you've got from the Grizzlies, and 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 I mean, that's pretty much it. It's tough to see what it's tough to see them. Um, slot like they have, but I mean, it's basketball. You get the same opportunity every night to go out and make plays and, and they just haven't. Um, but looking at the rest of the, the Western conference after the thunder, you've got the blazers at four. Um, you've got the rockets at five who are sort of sliding a little bit. Um, you've got the Spurs at six, the jazz at seven who have made a really huge surge. Uh, we talked about Donovan Mitchell and his play. Um, they've made a really big surge. They're like, they're nine and three in January. And then you've got the Clippers, and that rounds out the top eight. The Lakers are following Mac, and LeBron James, uh, he, he got reevaluated. He'll be practicing soon. Rondo, uh, I saw Rondo. He's been taking part in shoot-arounds after he had surgery on his on his finger that he looked like he, he injured pretty badly on Christmas Day against the Warriors. Um, and then the Kings. The Kings are 24-24. and 24. Um they're a game and a half back of the Clippers uh, for eight. They've lost two in a row, so they've sort of been slipping and sliding. They're five and five in their last ten. And then the Timberwolves are six and four in their last ten, and they've been playing well. Um, they've been playing better, I should say. Um, 
They're only they're only, you know, one game under, and they're two games back. And then you've got the Pelicans who've been sliding. And speaking of the Pelicans, um, they're just kind of looking to do whatever they can to to hang tight without Anthony Davis. And someone may someone may need to put the city of New Orleans under a state of emergency after the Saints game on Sunday. Um, literally, like it could not have gone from bad to worse. Besides the fact that the Saints lose on Sunday, and then literally like later on that night. Shams comes out um, and reports that Anthony Davis may miss, like he may be out for a month at max because they found out that he actually has a fracture in his right index finger that he injured Friday night in a game against Portland. So literally like you have the Saints losing on, you know, I mean, you have the controversial call that wasn't called, uh, the, the pass interference, and then they lose in overtime. And then Anthony Davis like has a fracture in his finger after he was only thought to miss like at max two weeks. And now he can miss a month. Not great for the city of new Orleans and their fans um, because the, the Pelicans, this could be do or die for them. They could, they could literally sink in the course of a month. They could literally like actually sink looking at their schedule and looking at who they have coming up. Um, just, I don't think it matters much who they have coming up. It's just the fact that they don't have Anthony Davis, um, who is averaging 29, 13, and 4 a game. Uh, they're 12th in the West, and like they can't, they can't win with him. So li- literally, like, how can they win without him? I mean, Jalil Okafor is going to have to step up and be big for them, and – he played well on Monday against he played well on Monday against the the Grizzlies. Um, you know, he had a solid efficient day at 21 points. He you know, he he was crashing the boards and things like that, but I don't I just don't know. I just don't know if the Pelicans can hang I don't know if they can do it. I really don't. Um I just I can't see it. I can't, I can't see it. I can't see them being able to do things. And they play. They've got the Pistons tonight, um, Wednesday night. They've got the Thunder on Thursday. They've got the Spurs Saturday. They've got the Rockets. They've got the Nuggets. They've got the Spurs again on Saturday, September or Saturday, February second. They've got the Pacers, and then they they've got a little bit of a of a breather against the Bulls, and then they they play the Timberwolves. Um, then they got the Grizzlies. Then they've got the Magic, and then they even like. So over the next month, it's not going to be easy. Like literally, they play one team. Let's see, one, two, uh, three, four, five. Um, well, if you don't count the teams that they play twice, they play one, two, three, four, five. Um, potentially, like six, seven, like a possible of seven teams who could be in like their playoff, you know, like in playoff contention who are fighting for playoff spots. They play seven teams and that, that doesn't count teams who they play twice in the Spurs and the Thunder and the Pacers. Like they play those teams twice, but if you only count them once over the course of literally like 31 days, which is the max amount of time that Anthony Davis could miss, they play seven. Like these will be very tough games. Um, 
very, very tough games, and it's not going to be easy. And they could find themselves distanced from a playoff spot, and which which will then bring up the question, which they'll know by February 9th, you know, the trade deadline, like, okay, is it time to make this move? Like, is it time to um, – is it time to move on from Anthony Davis? Uh, I mean, I feel like that's an, I feel like that's an appropriate question to begin to ask. Um, actually, the trade deadline is February seventh, so they'll know by then where they stand and if it's time to move Anthony Davis or if they think they can make a run. Um, speaking of teams who are fallen. We talked about it earlier, the Lakers. They now, they're about to get LeBron back. They're about to get Rondo back. But now they're going to be without Lonzo Ball for about a month as well. He can miss up to a month and a half. So he's going to miss at least a month and up to a month and a half with a grade three ankle sprain that he suffered against the Rockets on Saturday in their overtime loss. He he suffered the injury in the third quarter. Uh, He just was about to drive. He was crossing over, and he just rolled his ankle. Um, he's rolled his ankle. He, could, he couldn't even walk off the court. He had to be helped off the court. He had to be taken to a hospital for x-rays, and this is very bad. He's averaging nine points, five you know, five assists, five rebounds. Um, but he's a guy who who is really playing – he's playing really well this year. Uh, for all the criticism that he took last year and for all the criticism that he was taking this year – about not making that next step. He was actually playing very well. He was playing really well for the Lakers. Um, just his pace of play, he was pushing the ball. He was making plays for other guys. He was playing very good defense. Um, he, he rebounds the ball really well for a guard. Um, he was making a difference for that Lakers team. And it's just unfortunate that he goes out as soon as they're about to get LeBron back and Rondo back. Uh, this could not be any worse for the Lakers. Um, they haven't had a complete team all season, it seems like. They've just been suffering injuries, whether it was like Brandon Ingram. Um, they've had guys be suspended. And then, like, LeBron gets hurt on Christmas Day, and he's missed for the better part of a month or, like, almost a month. Um, Rondo's been out about the same amount of time, plus more when you factor in the other injuries he's had. It's just been awful. And if you're LeBron, I mean, obviously, like, you come back and you have to think, like, once those once LeBron comes back, like how are those guys going to adjust to being back in the lineup with him? Well, Kuzma's been playing really well lately, and Brandon Ingram hasn't been playing awful. So I mean, like he could he could potentially you know he could do something still, um, but not having Lonzo, um, it's going to hurt. And they may be it's like we said they may be a team who looks to make a trade. They've been linked to Carmelo Anthony possibly trading for him. Um, you know, I mean, Melo just got traded from the Rockets to the Bulls, and the Bulls said immediately, like, they don't want him. I mean, like, they don't have a need for him. So, uh, I mean, he could – Melo could end up in L.A. Um, those are places where his name has been linked. He could be, you know – Charles Barkley said he doesn't see him playing in the league again. But, I mean, somebody's going to need him. He, If he's willing to come off the bench, someone will trade for him. I don't think they have to worry about his salary because the Thunder are going to eat most of it up. Um, and then the Hawks are going to eat some of it, like a little bit of it. So his, you don't have to worry about his salary. Um, I mean, and the Rockets are paying for some of it. It's just, 
you you get him he you have to tell him you have to make him understand what his role is um he can help someone he can help some team off the bench who needs bench scoring kind of like the trailblazers um who need it the trailblazers need bench scoring maybe the spurs like he could fit with the spurs just because they've just kind of like they're kind of slow paced a little bit with their bench guys you know they like to they will run up and down the court but for the most part they they settle down into a half court offense. He could help them. That would be around, you know, that would be his speed. I don't know. Who knows? Maybe he does end up in LA. But the Lakers probably look to make a trade for something at least, uh, with Lonzo gone for at max a month and a half. You can't, I mean, like it's like Anthony Davis. You know by February seventh if you need to make a deal. You know. You know. And you know how far you're gonna be able to get with LeBron. Um, given like when he comes back, he's going to take it easy, uh, with his growing injury, he's going to ease himself back into games, uh, before he's fully hundred percent ready to go again. So, you know, by February 7th, if you need to make a deal and the Lakers probably will look to make a deal, um, that's, I mean, and that's pretty much it. Um, we're going to take a break and when we come back, we're going to talk about some guys who've been playing really well and some guys who have been making a difference on their teams. Um, It's the player analysis segment. So hang tight. Um, More Check the Scoreboard podcast coming up. All right, welcome back. Welcome back into Check the Scoreboard podcast. This is episode 17. This is our player analysis segment. And um, one of these guys, one of these names is going to be very familiar because we literally just looked at him in our player analysis segment last week. Um, and another guy is someone who we've talked about recently, uh, because he's been in the news, um, in the sports world for what he said about his teammates. Uh, let's get it cracking. Let's get it popping. Let's start it off with Kyrie Irving and Kyrie has been playing very, very well since he came out and made those comments, um, that he did after the magic game, calling out his teammates. I'm with Charles Barkley. You don't have to say everything. Sometimes you have to lead by example. Your play has to speak for you on the court. And Kyrie's play has certainly spoke for him on the court. Since he made those comments, the Celtics are 4-1. and one. They won four games in a row. Um, their only loss being to the Nets. And that was a game Kyrie didn't even play in. So they won, you know, they won four in a row. He's leading the way. Um, he's averaging 31 a game since he made those comments. Uh, after the game, and recently uh, on Monday night against the Heat, Kyrie went off for 26 and 10, um, 21, 26 points and 10 assists, and and everyone literally is following his lead. Um, God, like Jason Tatum's playing much better. Jalen Brown's playing much better. Marcus Smart, they're getting more out of him. So um, some guys are leaders by example, and it's just your play on the court has to dictate it. But when you look at this, I mean, do you go, yeah, I mean, this is just the same Celtics that we've seen all season, the same up and down Celtics, because they, I mean, like they are up and down, like they win four games in a row, then they like, they're just as likely to lose three games in a row. Like we saw them earlier win eight games in a row, and then they turn around and lost four games in a row. So um, the question really is like, what Celtics team are we going to see now? Because they're 29 and 18, they're fifth in the East. I mean. I thought I was thinking that last week's, you know, Raptors game was a turning point for them. 
because of how they didn't fold under pressure after they'd blown a double-digit point lead. And then the Raptors took the lead and the Celtics fought back. I thought that that was a turning point, and they've been playing like it, it has been. Um, and I fully trust and believe that, that that's been the turning point for them. Um, but when you look at their season as a whole, when you take a step back and you look at it, you go, okay, like, I don't want to be too – I don't want to be too positive about this because the Celtics have done this before. Um, They've done things where they like they'll win four in a row and then they'll turn around and the Celtics lose like four in a row. Um, And so I just, you just don't want to be too positive, but I, I think it's okay. I think it's fine to be optimistic about what the Celtics are doing um, because Kyrie has been playing so well lately and he looks like he's in a groove and they have the Cavaliers tonight. Um, they've got the Warriors, a big game against the Warriors. That's going to be on, you know, it's going to be nationally televised on ABC on Saturday. Then they've got the Nets again um, on Monday. So, um, and their schedule is very favorable coming up. I mean, like they play the Cavs, they've got the Warriors, they've got the Nets, they've got the Hornets. They've got the Knicks, then they've they've got the Thunder, which won't be easy, but then they've got the Cavs again, and they play the Lakers on February 7th. So a very favorable schedule coming up. Um, This could be, you know, they could look look to make their way back into the Eastern Conference fight um, for the top three teams, even. Uh, They're not far behind. They're not far behind Indiana. Indiana's only 31 and 19, um, or 31 and 15, rather. And... They only have a two and a half game lead on the Celtics. So um, Kyrie's looking; he could be he could be uh, the major key in this for them um, because of the way that he's been leading them. Um, and then another player. I mean, you have to at this point you have to talk about him, or else you just you're being ignorant or you're just being negligent. Uh, James Harden, you just you can't overlook what he's done. James Harden, twenty straight thirty you know twenty straight thirty point games. Um, he had 37 against the 76ers on Monday and I understand that game was a loss. Um, but you can't overlook what he's doing. You know, he's averaging 40, basically 48 in his last five games. He's averaging 44 in his last 10, um, to go along with eight rebounds and eight assists. Um, it just so happens that also happens to be his average for this month because they've played 10 games this month. The Rockets have already. Um, but to say all of that, the Rockets are still, only five and five this month. They've literally gone back and forth between wins and losses. They've gone win, loss, win, loss, win, loss, win, loss, win, loss, win, loss. So, and they're and four of their five losses are are to playoff teams, which is a little bit concerning. Um, they did have the double overtime win against the Lakers on Sat, or not the double overtime win, but they did have the overtime win against the Lakers on Saturday, in which they came all the way back uh, from like twenty three down. James Harden did have a good game. He had a solid game. Um, but Lonzo gets hurt in that. You have to think Lonzo doesn't get hurt and the Rockets maybe don't come back. Um, but regardless, the Rockets do come back. Uh, James Harden is a big part of that. Um, Eric Gordon hits a big three in that game uh, to, to tie it, to send it to overtime. And then in overtime, the Rockets, they just outlast uh, the Lakers. So, um, But you have to talk about the play of James Harden. It has been very impressive, no matter what. I mean, whenever you start to, whenever your name gets mentioned with Jordan and Kobe, and those are the only two guys in the con, like you know, in the conversation, you're doing some really good things. And that, what James Harden has done, 
Um, now he's up to 200 points, um, you know, in like his last like four games. Uh, before that, he had scored 193 points in his last in his previous three games before the Lakers or before the Sixers game on Monday. So, um, elite company because he was only like one of three people with Kobe and Jordan to ever do that, you know, to, to score at least that many points over a three game stretch. Um, so, you know, I've talked about how I picked Giannis to win the MVP this year and I'm sticking to that no matter what. And I, I, you know, I have to go with that. Um, but I, I can't discredit the fact that James Harden may be the favorite, um, that he is the favorite, uh, at this point in the season, like now he is, when you look at his averages, he's averaging well above 30 points a game. Um, he's getting his teammates involved, and uh, they've been playing really well despite, you know, going 5-5 five and five this month without Chris Paul. They've been playing – overall, they have been playing very well, and they've moved – they've made their way up to as high as fourth in the, in the Western Conference. Um, so you can't discredit the play of James Harden. Um, and that's the player analysis segment. And when we come back, we're going to wrap this thing up with some uh, what's trending, and we're gonna we're gonna close out this episode. So stay tuned for another short break. All right, welcome back. This is the final segment of episode seventeen. This is the what's trending segment. Uh, this is a segment where we go around and we take a look at things that are trending online on Twitter, uh, on Instagram, wherever. In the sports world, things that I find interesting, uh, things that I think are funny and worth noting. We got to lead this segment off with Kobe Bryant. Uh, Tuesday, we celebrated the anniversary um, of Kobe scoring 81 on Jalen Rose. So thank you, Kobe, for introducing some of us to Jalen Rose. Um, Some people don't even know who Jalen Rose is without Kobe's 81-point game. And to say, like, Kobe scored all 81 of his points against Jalen Rose would be is a little bit harsh because he didn't. But a lot of his points did come against Jalen Rose. Um, sorry, Jalen. Um, funny story about Jalen Rose is my dad, uh, when my family, or when, not my family, but my dad, like, when he was a kid, um, he would take trips up to Michigan in the summer because – we do have family who live there in Flint. Um, my dad would go up there in the summertime, and they would actually go and shoot basketball uh, at some of the local gyms around, around the, you know, in some some neighboring cities. And my dad said, like, one or two times, like, he ended up actually playing against the Fab Five, like running just a little pickup game with the Fab Five. And so I thought that was cool. Um, so shout out to Jalen Rose and the Fab Five and my dad. Um a few notes about that 81-point game is the fact that the Lakers actually were losing by 18 points uh, in that game at one, you know. They were losing by 18 in the third quarter. Kobe scored 55 in the second half. Um, he outscored his teammates. He scored 40, you know, 40 more points than his teammates did. He shot 7 of 13 from three, and he went 18 of 20 from the free throw line. So that's the Kobe game. Um, and then coincidentally today, Wednesday, we are celebrating the anniversary of Clay Thompson's unconscious like quarter where he scored, um, where he scored 36 points in a quarter, like a couple years ago against the Kings. 
we are celebrating that. So uh, for one, from one shooter to another, uh, I mean, like Clay, we, Clay Thompson literally just had like 44 points in two and a half quarters the other night. And he was 17 of 20 from the field. He started out the game 10 of 10 from three, and he only missed one three, you know. And they did that crazy stat again where they counted the number of dribbles he had. He had fewer than 10 dribbles. Uh, I think he did it on 10 dribbles. And he scored 44 points. He only dribbled the ball 10 times. They did the, like, a, and it's incredible, like, the, because he is the most dangerous scorer, I think, between he, KD, and Steph, because, like, Clay, like, Clay has some of the most ridiculous, like, literally, he has 36 points in a quarter. That's the NBA record. Earlier this year, he set the record for most threes by an individual player, and he didn't even play a full four quarters. Like, he had 60 and didn't even play, like, a full three quarters, actually. He had 14 threes. Uh, he had 12 of them in the first half, so he set the record in the first half or, like, the this you know, like, early in the third quarter. Um, and he finished with 60 without even playing a full game. Uh, he had some of, like, of the most ridiculous scoring games ever. Like, uh, it's incredible. Um, and he did that. He, he did all of that, that game on eight dribbles. Um, Clay Thompson is, it like, he's ridiculously good. Um, other things that are trending. Steph is slipping and sliding his way uh, into memes. Monday night against the Lakers. Steph had this breakaway play where it looked like he was about to do something big in terms of a dunk. And then, like, he slips on the court and falls down. And the ball, like, rolls into the corner. And uh, I think it was Jonas Jurebko picks it up. And Steph asks for it back. And so they give him the ball. And then Steph, like, airballs a three. And then Lakers, like, the Lakers fans just parade him with, like, airballs. And they, like, laughing at him and stuff. Um, I mean, it was fine because the Warriors were already up by, like, 20-something points anyways. Um, but then, like, all the memes come out of, like, Mario Kart dropping the banana pill in front of Steph when he slides and stuff like that. Uh, so it was funny, Steph. You made it onto this. You made it onto the what's trending segment, Steph. Um, other things like we had some videos. We had some videos break this week of like people asking, uh, like former like Russell Russell Westbrook's former player, like former teammate um, Jeremy Lamb of like what kind of teammate he is, and D'Angelo Russell talking about. And there was like this video after Russell's like uh, his. You know his thirty his thirty eight point game on Monday, um, just talking about his game like or how he's been able to do what he has been lately, and starting off with 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 Russell is um, the fact that we did discuss the Nick Young thing earlier uh, and how he's matured as a matured as a player, and he just like the first thing he talked about was um, talking about how the fans give those guys energy and how he's only been able to play that well because of the fans and stuff. And it just shows the maturity of a player, of, a, of a, a young kid who really made mistakes when he was barely 20 years old. Um, and how, like, you can be, uh, I mean, like, that doesn't that hasn't defined his career because he's obviously having an all-star level year this year. Um, and then Russell Westbrook. I mean, like, we see Russ, and Russ is usually mean-mugging guys. And, you know, Russ is one of the most, he's one of the more, you know, he attacks the rim with so much force. And he's like 110% all the time. Um, and you even see some of the post-game pressures with Russ and like how, you know, like um, Russ has the, you know, he doesn't really care for other players and 
Like, you know, he literally had the Embiid thing when the guy asked, you know, Russ and Embiid, like if he was cool with Embiid and Russ drops the F bomb, he was like, F no. Um, <laughs> and then like even last night after the Trailblazers game, they asked Russ about Evan Turner doing his rock the baby, like rock the cradle dance. <laughs> and Russ very funnily said, um, well, that's, I mean, he was like, I didn't even see it. Like, you know, like that's funny though. Cause you know, he like, I guess he can just, you know, rock his way back to back to portland um so russ like comes off as this guy who's not very um well received by other other players but you know his former teammates and his teammates all love him paul george one of the reasons why he stayed in oklahoma city is because paul george like he said russ made it feel like home so he has like a great effect on guys around him. And Jeremy Lamb was one of the latest guys to talk about how Russ was such a great teammate um, and how like Russ helped him and helped his game mature and things like that. And then even, you know, Terrence Ferguson, who was not a great three point shooter said that earlier this year, he, you know, Russ like got out of bed like after midnight to drive back up to the arena to help him shoot threes. So um, Russ is a phenomenal teammate. He's one of the best guys in the league. Um, off the court, um, and he's one of the best guys on the court. So um, that made it, you know, shout out to Russ. And then D Wade had his, he was honored at his his alma mater of Marquette um, University on Sunday uh, before he played the Bulls, um, which was a cool thing. Um, someone tried to take Katie's hat, apparently, like on video. Katie was walking somewhere and some dude like reaching like he was high five in the fans and then like some dude tried to take his hat um and people really forget that athletes are human beings too like just because they're in the limelight all the time like you don't have like you don't get like you don't like you don't get to like you don't get the right like you don't have the right to touch or take their stuff or like try to rip their you know like rip things off of them um like that was a totally bad move by the fan and Katie responded appropriately. Uh, he said some words that are not appropriate for this podcast uh, to the fan, but I mean, like he was right to go off on that guy. I mean, like, and the guy, like all he's saying is like, I respect you, bro. Like I respect you. Like I respect you. Like, nah, bro. Like you're cool. Like I respect you. Um, typical like defensive fan stuff. When, when an athlete goes off on them, when they know they're in the wrong, like these guys are people. And you have to remember that, like these guys, like, just because they make millions of dollars, it does not mean that they're incapable of uh, being upset when you like when you take their hat. Like even if the hat's like five dollars, like they, it doesn't mean like like they just like oh like it's cool like it's just a hat I can get another one. Um, like you don't have that right. Like you 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 can't just take his hat like that. Um, and so that was that was really that was a really bad move by that fan. Um, oh, and then Devin Booker, my beloved. Uh, my beloved Devin looked like he was about to get in a fight last night with the Timberwolves, Gorgie Dang, uh, Gorgie Jang. Um, I saw the play. Jang elbowed Book in the face after getting like a rebound, and Book didn't appreciate it as he shouldn't. Um, he gets up, he doesn't say anything right away, and then like he says some words to Gorgie, and then like Gorgie's like, "What?" And then Book like steps up to him, and he like he like mushes him in the face. Uh, he like puts his hand in his face and like, boom, like flicks him, boom, like in the nose, like, like bam. Um, and then they like get into it and they get separated and they get tossed and like gorgeous, like I'll meet you in the tunnel and books like, all right, cool. 
Um, so my beloved Devin getting into his, you know, this isn't like the first fight that he's been involved in or like first scuffle he's been involved in. And that's kind of like what I want to see for him, like as the team leader. I mean, I know it happened to him, so he's technically standing up for himself, but he's also stood up for his other teammates as well before. Um, he really doesn't like let anything slide. And that's what I want to see. I know he's worth $151 million, so I was like, Devin, like, don't, like, break anything. Um, but, I mean, like, he's stepping up for himself, and he's standing up for himself, and he's like, look, like, I don't appreciate it. Like, this is $150 million, you know, this space is worth $150 million. You ain't going to – I'm not going to let you – you can't just like be swinging your elbows around. Um, and so that was cool. Um, so shout out to Devin. Keep doing your thing. Gorgie Jang after the game was like, oh, like a lot of these guys think they're tough. And, you know, but, you know, I was just trying to like swap jerseys with them. Uh, whatever. That's why the Wolves aren't going to make the playoffs. Um, but, Nonetheless, that's the What's Trending segment. That's everything that's happened. Um, this upcoming week, or Wednesday, actually, tonight, we've got 10 games. The two SPN games are the Spurs and the Sixers, another big game for, for, for Philadelphia. And then we've got Denver Jazz. That's the nightcap. Um, so Donovan Mitchell against uh, Jamal Murray. Other games that we've got that are worth noting, we've got Toronto and Indiana. Like I said, we've got the Cavs and the Celtics. The Magic and the Nets should be pretty good. We've got the Clippers and the Heat. Uh, we've got the Rockets against the Knicks. And I only say that because James Harden's looking to go for uh, twenty or 30 and 21 straight. Um, and that's it. We've got some other games, but they suck. Um, and so that's episode 17. Episode 17 of the podcast will be back on Friday. Uh, the podcast is available on multiple streaming platforms, most notably um, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You can subscribe um, so that, you know, like you don't have to be annoyed by me uh, posting on social media um, and posting my links and things like that. And speaking of social media, I do post my links and my blog on my Facebook and my Twitter and my Instagram and my Snapchat. Um, you can find me on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram at Jamal Kennedy. That's J-A-H-M-A-L and then Kennedy like the president. Um, that's my Twitter handle at Jamal Kennedy, uh, just like that straight up. Uh, you can search me on Instagram and you can find me, um, Facebook. You can find me on there. Um, and my blog, uh, my Wix site, J H M L Kennedy, uh, at Wix site.com or whatever dot Wix site.com. Um, coming out with a blog post really soon within the next couple of days. Um, look forward to that. That'll also be posted. Um, but thank you guys for the support, uh, 17 episodes. And we just kicked off this, this two episodes a week thing. Uh, I'm looking forward to getting into it. Uh, thank you all for the feedback. I appreciate it. I appreciate the support that you guys have shown me. And, uh, I look forward to bringing you guys episode 18 on Friday. So episode 17, check the scoreboard route.